0: Scott for Scotts here. Do you hear that? Bring the mic in close. That's not how the grass should sound. There's weeds everywhere in this lawn. It's time to take action with Scott's Turf Builder, Triple Action. It gets three jobs done at once, kills weeds, prevents crabgrass, and feeds your lawn so it keeps growing strong. Ah, much better. Get a bag of Scott's Triple Action today. It's guaranteed, or your money back. Feed your lawn, feed it. Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I am your host, Peraldino Joey, or Joey Owijgin. Purple Mafia is available on the thesportstuff.com, iTunes Stitcher, and Double Twist. It's a pleasure to be back on board once again today to talk about the Minnesota Vikings and the NFL season preview, at least for the year 2018. Yes, indeed, we are back to talk about the NFL once again. Regular season has come. This will be the last uh, two-segment podcast for quite a while until the offseason again. Hopefully when we're talking about the world champion Minnesota Vikings, that would be my hope. So we're going to preview the NFL season a bit, mostly going to talk about the Vikings cut down and onto the 53-man roster and some of the strange moves and expected moves and unexpected moves. And, well, obviously no position is safe. it's Sunday morning or Sunday afternoon, I guess. It's just becoming that. So, Saturday cut down as that kind of took a while for all the information to come out. It always does. A lot of NFL teams slow to kind of release the information, even though the deadline was 3 o'clock yesterday afternoon. So, at the moment that I'm recording this first segment, um, no extra moves have been made, but the roster is down to 53. And the Vikings kept five running backs. Very interesting. Three quarterbacks. We'll get back to that in a moment. We're going to kind of get caught up on some of the Vikings news and discussion a bit first. Of course, Fan Interaction will uh, get your comments on the news and discussions going on during the course since the last show about two weeks ago. We're not going to really majorly talk about the most recent, uh, <clears throat> the two the two preseason games. Just small details here and there, possibly. Just that Kyle Slaughter looked awfully damn good, I'd have to say. As did Mike Boone Rock Thomas got banged up a little bit in the final game. You saw some sadness and concern on Mike Zimmer's face as he scratched his uh, forehead a bit. He looked pretty concerned, so I guess that's why Rock Thomas is on the roster. So that's a spoiler alert. Rock Thomas is on the Vikings roster and Mike Boone. So that's interesting. <laughs> Very interesting. The Vikings keeping both running backs, I guess, special teams purposes, other different types of plays. Of course, CJ Ham, Ham on Rye, as I like to call him. And uh, Brad McCarthy likes my little nickname for him there Ham on Rye from Duluth, Minnesota. Awesome uh, addition to the Vikings a couple years ago. Very pleased to have old Hamon Rye on the roster, and he's a valuable guy. So, first and foremost, Kai Forbath was released, and a couple weeks ago there, August the 20th, pretty much right after the last show, Kai Forbath released because he missed a kick in that second game, that awful second game against the Jaguars. Kai Forbath missed the kick, and he was let go pretty much the next day. (sighs) Boy, I think, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Carlson missed two kicks the next week against Seattle. They were pretty ugly misses, both like about gosh, you know, like 42 yards away indoors. That's pretty horrible. Back-to-back misses, both hooked to the left. Yucky. Uh, I don't know. Forbath bats, uh, infamous for missing extra points. Blair Walsh was missing extra points even when he was still considered a good kicker before uh, he completely lost his marbles. Uh, Daniel Carlson, though, right when he got the job, missed both of his kicks against Seattle. Mike Zimmer opted to go for two. He was very frustrated with uh, Mr. <laughs> Daniel Carlson. And before the uh, fourth game of the preseason, or actually, sh- should we say, well, he said this before, and we heard about it afterward, uh, <laughs> when former kicker Greg Colvin, the former punter Greg Coleman, anyway, talked to uh, Mike Zimmer after the game about Daniel Carlson. What did you tell him, basically? And Mike Zimmer simply said, I told him to make him." That's about it. Uh, and I was thinking, Mike Zimmer's like, yeah, you're lucky you made that kick because I got Kai Forbath on speed dial. I was imagining him saying that as I was watching that fourth game against the Tennessee Titans. But uh, Daniel Carlson's on the roster now. So, yep, and Kai Forbath is not. Uh, another veteran kicker available, Bailey, out there, who's been accurate, uh, not the most accurate last season, but over the course of his we're a very accurate kicker. Might be an option at some point if Daniel Carlson loses his marbles early and often. And if he does, you better... Call up one of those veterans, Forbath or Bailey. Highly recommended there. Yes, uh, Adrian Peterson officially has signed with the Washington Redskins, and yes, they're the Washington Redskins. We don't need to call them the Washington football team. Okay, it's no offense to anybody. It's just we don't need to be so paranoid about everything. I, you know, if we got to live that way, we might as well just have no name for anything. We should just call it the Lake in Minneapolis instead of Lake Calhoun. You know what I mean? I don't know. Just call it the Lake. Just the Lake. It's the Lake by... Uh, next to the other lake, and in in between the two lakes, I guess, or is it three lakes, I guess, then there's one lake with a couple islands in it, and then another lake that looks like a kidney, that's close to Golden Valley, yeah, and then there's the round one, yeah, because we don't want to offend anybody, so, oh, but if we say round, though, we might be offending other people, so, okay, let's get off it, I'm getting really bad, (laughs) the Washington Redskins, or the Washington football team, whatever you want to call them, the classic old school football team that always screws the Vikings in the playoffs and stuff, and Kirk Cousins used to play for. They signed Adrian Peterson. He looked good in the preseason, and it was the preseason, so we'll see what happens, but um, he'll probably have a couple good games, a couple not-so-good games. You know, finish ninth or 10th in NFL history in rushing when he could have been 5th or something had he not missed some, uh, obviously, the meniscus tear 2016, and you know what, in 2014, the Topic that was covered way too much that year and still gets covered way too much on occasion. So we'll leave that alone. Next topic, please. George Iloka. Hey! I like it. Who's this George Iloka guy from Cincinnati? Picked up by the Vikings? Yeah! Vikings were able to scoop him up. That was awesome. Nice addition and even talk that he's kind of almost like a linebacker because he's so humongous. I mean, the guy is a beast. He's about as big a safety as you'll ever see. About 6'3 and just, just a monster. About 230 or so. Um, different possibilities where he, we could have three safeties out there. Of course, uh, the incumbents. Of course, Harrison Smith, possible future Hall of Famer. Certainly Vikings Ring of Honor, no-brainer. Uh, Anderson Deho, make football violent again. Yep, <laughs> that guy who hopefully can stay healthy. Uh, regardless, nice addition. Um, George Loca Wonderful. Uh, talk about a strong safety. Yes, he is, but also capable of picking up some passes and making some great plays. Just kind of a money move for Cincinnati. Big contract signed by Cincy. They wanted to go with the young guy with a tiny contract and get under the cap and blah, blah, blah. And the Vikings were able to get George Aloka for about 750k. So, all right. Nice. And the guy's not even 30 years old yet. So, all right. <laughs> Mike Zimmer bringing in another awesome player there to help ultimately... Uh, in a lot of ways, one of the roster spots, we'll get to that later. Hold, let's just say Holden Hill's roster spot was reserved for him due to the retirement of a very aged player. We'll get to that in a minute. You know you know who it is, but we'll, we'll just do this in order. Blah, uh, blah, blah. In the Vikings acquired center, Brett Jones in a trade of the Giants who started about 14 games a couple of years back. Did not start that many last year. A little bit of action here and there, but a versatile, thank God, left guard and center. He'll probably, well... It looks like Pat Elfline's going to be playing. Thank God. He's finally activated from the pup list. So uh, Pat Elfline just might end up playing against San Francisco. So God willing, Brett Jones will be the left uh, guard. So good. Brett Jones, nice addition from the Giants for a seventh round pick. Didn't have to give up a whole lot and able to bring him in town. Brett Jones very excited to be a part of things. And he's under 30 also. So that's important. <laughs> it's good to get guys that are under 30, I guess. Twenty-one might be a little too young to count on as an offensive tackle or a guard or whatever the heck, but Brett Jones' versatility, which usually most uh most of the centers and guards, most guards can play center, most centers can play guard, doesn't that? Especially the centers can play guard. Um so wonderful addition there, Brett Jones, without having to give up too much. He's no star or anything, and the Giants offensive line sucked, so that's reality. You're not gonna get, you know, you're not gonna get the Joe Johnsons of the world or anything like that, it's just not going to happen, so yeah, we just got to make moves the way we can, this and that, teams willing to part with uh, backups here and there for draft picks, for uh, low draft picks, this and that, and um, okay, sure, Brett Jones, in addition to the Vikings, Tom Complin will probably move more into a depth role, depending on what happens, and of course, injuries happen, guys shuffle around, blah, 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 offensive line at the moment, God willing, Pat Elfline is finally ready to go, good luck being up to full speed, though. After missing the entire pre preseason, the entire offseason, and the entire this and the entire that, well, yeah, welcome to San Francisco, or at least playing against them in U.S. Bank Stadium. Um, 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 you know what I mean? <laughs> Pedal Flynn at center, Brett Jones at left guard, Mr. Riley Reef at left tackle, right guard of Mike Remmers, and right tackle of uh, Rashad Hill at the moment. Maybe some move will take place before things before things officially get started next Sunday, which is gonna be a lot of fun, of course, um, I'm not gonna really do a detailed preview on that game because, yeah, I mean, that's where the challenge comes in because again, small sample size here and there, but I'll do the best I can, I suppose. this may end up being a three segment show because of that, as we all change things on the fly because it's, uh, fan interaction is fairly busy because of it's been two weeks and all that, and a lot of stuff has happened. But um, Womack's possibly going to be available for the Vikings from the Chargers. Another uh, offensive lineman from the Colts could be available. This and that. So things could pop up here and there. The Vikings may make a move, and Rashad Hill can return more in a reserve role where he could uh, obviously be a valuable backup and not to be counted on for 16 bleeping games at starting. Um, not too many people too excited about that idea. Brian O'Neal still looks awfully uh, <laughs> Brian O'Neal still looks awfully raw as far as I'm concerned, but got a nice future and that's about all there is to say there teddy bridgewater teddy bridgewater the new orleans miracle could it happen on august the 29th teddy bridgewater traded from the jets to the saints a sixth round pick returning to the saints a third round pick going to the jets ultimately at the end of the day third round pick from the saints and the jets of course excuse me this yep the Jets acquire a third-round pick. The Saints acquire Teddy Bridgewater and a sixth-round pick. So, there you go. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater will not be starting at quarterback unless Drew Brees gets hurt, but Teddy, Bre- or excuse me, Drew Brees is slightly older than me, a few months older than me, so how long is he going to last in the league? Probably not too long. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater is about as good a backup as you could get with the way he looked with the New York Jets. There's always that scare with the knee, but then again, at the end of the day, this guy's got a nice future in the league as long as that was just a one-time freak injury and we can move on and see a nice, budding career for Teddy Bridgewater still. Uh, it would suck if he's on the Saints. I'd rather see him on Miami or something, or Buffalo, or any team not in the NFC. <laughs> and we'll talk about who the Bears acquired yesterday, too. Oh, boy. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's shore up that offensive line. think you might want to, because yeah, Soldier Field and stuff. The Vikings success right there and stuff uh, against that guy. <laughs> Hmm. Yeah, I don't even want to go there, but uh, Teddy Bridgewater, will he be the long-term quarterback for the Saints? Is Drew Brees in his final season? Very possible. Are the New Orleans Saints on their way to winning a championship? Possible, <laughs> with all that talent. Yeah, offense, defense, all that good stuff. I don't know. They have a very good shot. They're way up at the top of the list, I think, to win the championship this year. God forbid. Um, but uh, Teddy Bridgewater, yeah, I mean, he could be a long-term solution for the Saints, or, well, he might end up being an option for somebody else in the offseason if Drew Brees is going to play another two or three years. So, cool. Congratulations, Teddy, I suppose. He might end up being the quarterback of a team that fits him very nicely should uh, Drew Brees move on and he's got all those weapons around him in New Orleans. That could be a lot of fun for Teddy and kind of sad and frustrating for us. Khalil Mack. Well, there was always a fr- uh, fear that Khalil Mack would go to the pack and all that. Well, he's going to go to the NFC North, Yeah. The Kings of the North are the Vikings right now. But uh, the Chicago Bears, uh, with that budding defense, yeah, just got a lot better defensively because they just acquired Cody O'Mac. Uh, they gave up two first-round picks. That's expensive and everything. Kind of like the, the Vikings did with Jared Allen, that first-round pick and such, and gave up a lot along the way to get Jared Allen. And he was a huge help and got a bajillion sacks. He's a future Hall of Famer. He rode off into the sunset on a cloudy day in Alaska, which made no sense at all, but he rode off into the horizon, I guess, um, after the Carolina Panthers lost the sober Bowl with him on the roster. <laughs> but Khalil Mack's going to the Bears, and he's got a long career ahead of him, and he's a, phew, if he stays healthy, he's going to get to the Hall of Fame first ballot if he, if he stays healthy. He's about as good a defensive player as there is on the planet. Number 52 will be a Chicago Bear, and, uh, well, all right. <laughs> okay, well... What are you going to do? He's on the Bears now. He just signed a five-year, $141 million contract, $90 million guaranteed. And by the way, Aaron Rodgers got $100 million guaranteed just recently as well this past week. So he's the highest-paid uh, player ever now in the NFL and the most money guaranteed of all time. Of course, the uh, the leader was Kirk Cousins. It's Khalil Mack passed him um, yesterday, but he was already second place anyway because Aaron Rodgers, $100 million. Inappropriate player to get... Uh, the highest contract and the highest guarantee and all that it's appropriate as much as i hate him and hate this team it's appropriate um now we'll get to the cuts and the retires and all that because that's pretty much the ongoing uh, conversation but before that we'll talk about uh fred Zamberletti, who was a part of the vikings for many 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 years from the beginning back in the 1960s 1961 was when things started and Zamberletti was there the whole time he was the head athletic trainer all the way from 1961 to 1998, stepped away at probably the right time, unfortunately, in 98. Because if you can't win a Super Bowl when you're 15 and 1 and you're getting on a, becoming an older man, I guess it is time to step away. And he did. Uh, he died at age 86, uh, 1999. He became the coordinator of medical services. Of course, he didn't really step away, but from athletic trainer. Of course, he's getting a bit older. He became more of a coordinator. And then in 2002, transitioned to senior consultant and team historian. Roles until he passed. So he was just kind of like a Yoda behind the scenes, I suppose, from 2002 until this day. So definitely a sad day for the Vikings. This happened this morning, September the 2nd, 2018. The Minnesota Vikings. uh, Let's see what uh, owners Ziggy and Mark said here. The Minnesota Vikings family is devastated by the loss of our dear friend Fred Zamberletti. Fred was a staple of the franchise since its founding. Can you imagine that, uh, helping build the Vikings from an expansion club in 1961 to a team ingrained in the fabric of life for Minnesota and the Upper Midwest? Fred worked tirelessly at one point, building a streak of 1,049 consecutive Viking games attended. Wow, that's sick numbers, man. There's only 16 games in a season, and remember, 14 games in the in the season back in the day. You know, that's That takes a while to get into the thousands, right? (laughs) Wow. But yep, he had so many games he attended in a row, was loved by everyone throughout the organization, players, coaches, and staff. He cared deeply about the health of his players, as well as their lives off the field. With his incredible stories and his passion for the team, he was respected by us as owners. Each of us inside the Vikings has our own personal memories we shared with Fred. And those will never be forgotten. Now, I can thank, uh, I can cite the uh, pro football talk, Mike Florio. This was passed on to Yahoo, but Mike Florio was the one ultimately that uh, broke this story and wrote this article, per se. Mike Florio, well-known guy who joins Paul Allen all the time. And, of course, you see him all the time when you watch NBC and all that, you know, Sunday night football. Big shot out there, pro football talk. Love the guy, even though he's kind of, yeah, he he likes to joke around, but he's an awesome uh awesome uh, yoda of football as well so one yoda to another there uh, mike florio to fred zamberletti god bless you fred zamberletti and we will give this vikings legend a moment of silence god bless fred zamberletti and his family and all those who supported and worked with him for many years uh, now there's just too, too too much death, too much death everywhere, isn't there? But at least he lived a fairly long life, though. Eighty six years is, you know, it's 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 a while. Obviously, it's uh, at least he wasn't cut too short. You know, that's the good part. But still, the passing of anybody is sad, and it's 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 uh, you know, it's you look back at all the positive memories, and uh, boy, this guy was a stable for the franchise from from its inception, and it's pretty amazing to think somebody could be around the franchise that long that's awesome, um, going all the way back to the early 60s, pretty incredible, so we shall continue now into the Vikings cutdowns, that's pretty much where we can head at this moment, Vikings quarterbacks, of course, Kirk Cousins, Cousins, Trevor Simeon, Kyle Slaughter, Delvin Cook at the running back, of course, uh, octavius murray mike boone cj ham and rock thomas all on the club rock thomas did make it so congratulations to the rooster rock thomas obviously roc yeah what do you think that's that's a rooster so congratulations to the rooster there (laughs) wide receivers oh man bummer about some of the guys getting cut um kendall wright was cut a lot of people not too surprised because it just didn't seem like he fit I miss Jarius Wright. Jarius Wright ended up being the better player, I think, even though Kendall Wright had the better numbers, but he just got the ball more. And, I don't know, the Vikings kind of froze uh, Jarius out of the offense, and that was disappointing. Good luck to Jarius in Carolina, as I'm sure he'll continue ha- have continued success there. The starters at the moment for wide receivers, Stephen Diggs, Adam Thielen, and Laquan Treadwell is the third receiver now, so congratulations to him. Not a whole lot of competition behind him in Brandon Zilstra and Stacey Coley. Coley definitely shows that athleticism, pardon me, and straight line speed, but just did not cut it as a kick returner, even though I thought he would be a perfect kickoff returner for the Minnesota Vikings with that straight line speed. He doesn't have the herky-jerky, but he's got the speed. Brandon Zilstra saw moments here and there. Of course, Minnesota native, and we all love that and, and such, but it seemed like he was hurt forever. He had an amazing, like, mini-camp and all that earlier. But he was hurt for most of the training camp, and he finally got in the fourth uh, preseason game, made a great play, and it was awesome. And he looks like the kind of guy who could fit right in with the New England Patriots. Just like... uh Chad Beebe, I think, could do that. Uh, Vikings hoping he will slip into the practice squad. Unfortunately, I'm recording this before the practice squad players were signed, but I have to get going here. It just kind of is what it is. Time is of the essence. Got to get this show out, and also my schedule tightens up as we head into the week. So we'll see. Um, if something happens, of course, uh, well, we'll, we'll get into it on the next show. It's not like the season is going to change so dramatically with a certain practice squad player, so we'll talk about that on the next episode unless it breaks in between this segment and the fan interaction and such. But Brennan Zilstra and Stacey Coley, the fourth and fifth receivers for the Vikings at the moment, because things can change very quickly. Zilstra, I don't know. I mean, he barely made it. I think Chad Bibi made more of an impression, but whatever. We'll just move on from there. Another something that I'm kind of like, eh, you know about uh, tight end there. Kyle Rudolph, of course, the starter, no surprise. David Morgan, one of the best blocking tight ends you'll see, but he can also catch. I love David Morgan, and a lot of Vikings fans love him, and the coaches absolutely love him. No chance David Morgan would get cut. Tyler Conklin, pardon me, fifth-round pick, just like the other fifth-round pick that's on the roster mostly because he's a fifth-round pick, I think, because Tyler Conklin did not impress me at all. Can the guy catch I mean, the guy couldn't catch a cold, it seemed like. I, can the guy play? I don't like him that much. So hopefully I'm wrong, and hopefully things change, but uh, his blocking is okay. Is it that great? Is it that great? I mean, he can't, he can't catch. I'm telling you, he can't, at least from what I saw. So we'll continue from there. At tackle, Riley Reef for Hill, Avante Collins. So Collins did make it, and a lot of people did like him. Brian O'Neal, Edgar, Mike Remmers, question marks at the moment. We'll see who will start next to him, but... We'll just have to wait and see there. I think it's Brett Jones, actually. It's got to be Brett Jones. Um, Tom Compton and Danny Isadora, who is all right as well. Danny Isadora, draft pick last year. Tom Compton, connections with uh, Kirk Cousins. And he's okay. He's adequate. And he's got Minnesota ties, which is great. Pat Offline, the no-brainer starting uh, center at the moment, Pat Elfline. So no more Cornelius Edison. He will probably wind up in the practice squad, though. I don't think anybody's going to pick him up. And the Vikings like him enough, I think, to keep him as an emergency backup should something happen, because things do happen, unfortunately. Way too bleeping often, by the way. Defensive end, Everson Griffin, Daniil Hunter, backed up by Stephen Weatherly and St- uh, Tayshawn Bauer. That has got to be about as good a group of defensive ends in the National Football League right there. Stephen Weatherly as Man, that guy's so valuable. Uh, Tayshaun Bauer. Just get rid of the shimmy. That's all I ask, because I hate Steph Curry. I hate that son of a bitch. Okay, pardon my French. I can't stand that guy. He's so arrogant. Um, <laughs> so as long as you get rid of that that shimmy, I love you, Tayshon Bauer. That guy can play. Uh, defensive tackle. No-brainers. Lindell Joseph. Sheldon Richardson. Purple People Eaters all the way there. Griffin, Hunter, Joseph, and Richardson. Are you kidding me? Purple People Eaters 2.0 right there. Jaleel Johnson's incredible value. Jalen Holmes hardly played, it seemed like. He got in very late in these games, but showed some promise late in the fourth preseason game. Yay. <laughs> David Perry though, yep, veteran. Fat Pat type. And uh, got a lot of talent. Still uh, very deserving of making the roster. Of course, the bottom of the, uh, the group there, but still, definitely... Worth keeping, as far as I'm concerned, and you will see David Perry uh, play a significant role, I think, at times. Linebackers, of course, Anthony Barr, Eric Hendricks, Eric Wilson did make the team number 50 there, despite that horrible, horrible uh, hit to the, to say that horrible tackle that he did, roughing the passer. Gosh, Eric, be careful. Jeez. Devontae Downs made it as well, which is nice. And Ben Gideon, a no-brainer as well due to special teams value and the fact he can play on, on downs and a, and a significant role at times as well. Xavier Rhodes, Trey Waynes, and uh, McKenzie Alexander will be starting at the moment at cornerback. Xavier Rhodes, Trey Waynes, McKenzie Alexander. Now, all this information from uh, 1500, Matthew Collar and all that, thank you for that, giving uh, citing it out. Mike Hughes will be in a reserve role early on, but, of course, will... You know, I mean, the guy's got an extreme value. He Don't be surprised if he knocks out uh, McKinsey Alexander at some point very soon, but for the moment, McKinsey Alexander will be the nickel back. at the moment. Mike Hughes could take that in a heartbeat, though. Uh, Let's we'll just see what happens there. Holton Hill, Marcus Sherrill's made it mostly the special teams. If he's out there, I think the Vikings are in trouble. Marcus Sherrill's definitely the bottom of the barrel when it comes to cornerback. He can barely play the position. He's definitely much more of a uh, punt returner, and that's about it. Certainly value there. Holton Hill, kept on and that is why a certain 40 year old is missing that's a guy named Terrence Newman he has announced his retirement and he will be a defensive backs coach not an official role yet but he will definitely be a coach in the secondary for the Minnesota Vikings congratulations uh, Terrence Newman immediately making a career move there and moving on to the Minnesota Vikings uh, coaching staff And that secured a spot for Holden Hill, who I think deserved to be on the team. And in the last moments there, you can see the guy can return kicks. He can do it. Uh, I'd rather have him doing it than Mike Hughes at this moment. I like what Holden Hill can do. And, of course, his ability as a cornerback, not so bad either. Uh, Number 37, Holden Hill, deserving to make the team despite starting kind of poorly. Nice practice, uh, excuse me, nice uh, (laughs) college free agent invitee. During the season, the Vikings paid $75,000 to secure his services. That sounds like nothing to us, but apparently for uh, just being able to get a guy to sign as a free agent, that is pretty hefty, uh, believe it or not. And the Vikings were able to secure him, and Holden Hill has made the Minnesota Vikings. So, very cool. Safeties Harrison Smith, Anderson Day, will be starting. George Aloka will see significant minutes. Anthony Harris played his ass off, his ass off, and Jaron J- Ron Curse hung on to dear life and made it as well. So good for those guys, all of them hanging on, probably again with the retirement of Terrence Newman, this and that, and other players missing like Chad Beebe and such. So opening uh, other doors for other players. Anthony Harris played his ass off in the finals two preseason games. So congratulations. Very deserving of making the roster. And J. Ron Curse hung on for dear life and did make it as well with a strong finish in that fourth game of the preseason. And that's why they play the fourth game of the preseason for final roster spots to be made. Yes, it's kind of boring for most fans, but for people that keep up and everything and these players playing for their livelihood, congratulations to all them making it the Gideon. Oh, not Gideon, but like Wilson, Holden Hill, guys like that, J. Ron Curse, that weren't drafted that ended up making the team. Kirst was drafted, but he was a late pick, and it was a few years ago, so that's usually when your clock kind of runs out. Of course, the punter is Ryan Quigley, who is obviously one of the best punters in the league. Love having him. Daniel Carlson, nice leg, but can he handle the position? Well, he looked good in the second game. (laughs) The second game, uh, his second game, but the fourth game of the preseason uh, as the full-time kicker. And Kevin McDermott is the long snapper, the third long snapper since Mike Morris retired. So God bless in that case. There's your Minnesota Vikings 53-man roster. Again, thank you to Matthew Culler and 1500 ESPN Twin Cities for providing that uh, depth chart and such. So there it is, your 53 bad Minnesota, Minnesota Vikings roster. Of course, extreme depth on the defensive line. I mean, that's the best defensive line in football, I think, top to bottom. Linebackers, lots of strength. Secondary, extremely strong. Holy moly, is that secondary good. <laughs> so defensively, the Vikings look freaking awesome. Uh, the linebacker's probably the weakest, and that's not very weak. You know, the, the only thing we're missing is Khalil Mack there. That would be nice, but yeah, okay. <laughs> the offensive line is the question. It really is. Uh, wide receivers, the Vikings deep, at least at the, t- <laughs> at the top. They're deep, and then it gets kind of, uh, you know, a little bit funky. But obviously you have multiple tight ends who can catch the ball, not including Conklin. I think he's the worst of the three by a mile. Uh, Love Morgan. Kyle Rudolph is generally good. Blah, blah, blah. But he drops some easy ones sometimes. But he's capable of making some great plays. Particularly those 20-yard plays down the field. And in the back corner of the end zone here and there. Boy, oh boy. Where do we go from here with this team, with this season? Well, that's what we're here for now in the season preview. As we'll just kind of bounce over the schedule. Might as well. Sunday, September the 9th, the Vikings host the San Francisco 49ers. (laughs) I'm predicting a win at the moment. We'll come back to why here and there, since that's a more detailed uh, more detailed thing because it's the first game there. I'm predicting a win by the Vikings over San Francisco. I think that game is very crucial for the future of the season for both of those teams. One of these teams is going to go on to the playoffs and the other is going to miss. What do you think of that for an early prediction? What do you think of that for black and white? The winner of this game is going to make the playoffs. The loser won't. I think it's a momentum for one or the other. San Francisco, I mean, okay, there's a there's a chance they still might overcome it and go crazy. But I just got a weird feeling it's going to be a momentum for one of the t- two teams. And if, let's just put it this way. If San Francisco beats the Vikings in U.S. Bank Stadium, it looks really bad for us and really awesome for them. So look at it that way. But I do think the Vikings will beat the 49ers if it's a close game or not. They will win Green Bay in Lambe- Lambeau Field. As long as Rodgers doesn't magically get injured in the first game, I think the Packers win, unfortunately, so that puts us at one and one Buffalo, Vikings versus the Buffalo Bills. You know, Buffalo's got a strong defense, but their offense is still questionable here and there. I don't know. I mean, there's no reason why the Vikings can't beat the Buffalo Bills in U.S. Bank Stadium, so the Vikings go to two-and-one. Then the schedule gets really interesting here, kind of black and white, cut and dry. Like I don't know, or at least very checkered at the same time. September the 27th. The Vikings go to play the Rams. I've got a feeling the Vikings kind of have this team's number. I think the Vikings can beat them, without a doubt. It's one of those Thursday night seven twenty games on Fox, NFL Network, all that. I think the Vikings beat the Rams in Los Angeles, California. I do. I think the Vikings beat the original L.A. team, the Los Angeles Rams, and jump up to 3-1 to start the season. Getting us all very excited. And then reality sets in, unfortunately... I just, the Vikings don't play well on the road in the East Coast, especially against teams that are obviously super good. It just never goes well, does it? And, you know, it just never does, you know, ever. Uh, Okay, the Vikings beat Washington last year, but they weren't that great. Washington was kind of on their way down, and I guess maybe that's why the Redskins gave up on Kirk Cousins, this and that. Interesting game, though, and the Vikings almost blew it, which was kind of sad, until Case Keenum went a bleep and tore that team a new one. But I don't think the Vikings are going to beat the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday afternoon, 325, so, uh, October the 7th. I just don't feel good about that one. And if the Vikings win that game, wow, hell yes. What an awesome season we're having. Arizona Cardinals with Sam Bradford or <laughs> the other guy coming in. Aye, aye, aye. I don't even want to say his name, do I? No, I'm just kidding. Josh Rosen will come in. Um, I think the Vikings beat the Cardinals in that game. There will be no Teddy in the Jets, but the next week, Teddy Bridgewater will be in U.S. Bank Stadium. Vikings head to the New York Jets. Now I'm going to contradict myself right out of the gate here. Why shouldn't the Vikings beat the Jets? I mean, I don't know. They're not that good yet. It's one of those funky games you could lose, though. It's got one of those letdown feels to it. Oh, boy, i got to be optimistic, though, considering what's coming up in the schedule. So you go to what, 4... Three and one, three and two, four and two after Arizona, five and two Minnesota beats the Jets, believe it or not. God, I'm having a tough time. Yeah, we'll go five and two with the Jets. I think the Vikings actually then the Vikings squeak out a close one against the New Orleans Saints. Six and two. You're gonna have a seven two team going into the bye week, and that's when the schedule starts to stink. The Vikings will beat the Detroit Lions on November the fourth. Seven and two record. And then the schedule starts to stink. Khalil Mack and the Chicago Bears host the Minnesota Vikings in Soldier Field. Loss, 7-3. Minnesota hosts Green Bay and gets, squeaks out a nice, close, entertaining win on Sunday night. Sunday night football on NBC. That's going to be entertaining, momentum type of game. Vikings go to 8-3. At the Patriots, are you kidding me? You think the Vikings are going to win that game? I'd like to believe that, but they're not going to win that game. The Vikings have never beaten Tom Brady, and I don't think they will. 8-4. and Minnesota has to Seattle. (laughs) I don't know, man. You know, Seattle's on a downturn. Russell Wilson's a headache to deal with, though. I don't know, man. I just don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Oh, boy. Well, put it, if the Vikings win that game, that'd be awesome. Uh, If they do, I'm going to try to be an optimist here and believe for a win. Crap. I I just, I, I, I don't know. It's tough. I don't like either. Of the, I don't like any of these road games. Finishing up the season, New England, Seattle, and Detroit. Vikings beat Detroit in U.S. Bank Stadium. Now that's of course uh, the next one's the second last game of the season. Well, this is where the Vikings either go eleven and five or ten and six. Home field advantage in the first round, a wild card, maybe, maybe a uh, maybe a first round buy if we're lucky. But I think eleven and five isn't going to get you a first round buy. I think if you go to the Super Bowl, you're going to have to do it via the wild card. I'm believing the Vikings are good enough to host a wildcard game. So I'll pick a win over Seattle. So that puts the Vikings at 9-4. Win over Miami, 10-4. Loss to Detroit, 10-5. Win once again, like the Vikings always do in the final game of the regular season over the Chicago Bears in U.S. Bank Stadium. The Minnesota Vikings will finish 11-5, despite getting beat in Soldier Field. Earlier, I would have picked the Vikings to possibly win in Soldier Field and lose to Seattle. But I think the Vikings ultimately finish 11-5 and five at the end of the season. Either share the division championship with Green Bay, but then again, ultimately somebody has to win it due to this and that. It's going to be a very, very tough go. Um, I think the Vikings do win the division. I think the, it's either a tie or, a, or the Packers go 10-6 and six type of thing. It'll be a crucial victory for the Vikings over the Green Bay Packers on the 25th of November, just after Thanksgiving. Nice little Thanksgiving present for the Minnesota Viking fan base that'll ultimately help us win the division in the NFC North. Unfortunately, we're going to split with every single team this year. I don't think we're going to win any of our road games. We'll win all the home games. That sounds kind of weird and crazy, but a lot of times that's how it goes. Welcome to the North, folks. If you don't think that's reality, it is. The Jets game is crucial too, though. You don't win that game. You're going to be playing on the road in the playoffs or possibly missing it. Games like that. Blowing home games to Miami. Something like that would be just inexcusable. Stuff like that. Games to Detroit, like last year when the Vikings lost at home to the Detroit Lions. That screwed up home field advantage. Do you think the Eagles would win in U.S. Bank Stadium? Well, probably. But then again, maybe somebody else would have knocked them off and we get lucky. Maybe the Minneapolis Miracle sends the Vikings into the Super Bowl instead. Maybe the Saints are uh, visiting the Vikings in the NFC title game, which, well, the home team almost always wins those, except, yeah, except uh, Vikings for some reason years ago. But that's, we'll just leave that alone. Uh, 20 years in the past there, so I guess we can move on from that. Oh, boy. It's going to be a tough, tough, tough division. Chicago Bears are much better, I think. Obviously, their quarterbacks are year older and wiser. Detroit is kind of a mess. I think there's, there's a very strong chance that team misses the playoffs. If there's any team the Vikings sweep this year, it's the Detroit Lions, because... I don't like their coach right now. I think they made a mistake firing Caldwell. Even though he's not the perfect coach, he's not a great coach, they had some nice success under Caldwell. And the new coach there, I'm not impressed so far, and it hasn't looked good. A lot of people haven't been impressed. And, of course, him being Matt Patricia, the head coach of the Detroit Lions. It seems like, you know how there's a coaching tree all the time, like uh, Bill Walsh, and then it went on to George Seifert, Dennis Green, and, and Mike Holmgren, and the list goes on and on and on. All these successful coaches... And then Mike Holmgren's coaching tree is even better. Unbelievable. Ultimately, it all stemmed from the San Francisco 49ers back in the day. Holmgren, Dennis Green, blah, 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 blah. And Dennis Green had a nice coaching tree. Again, it's the 49ers. It's a redwood tree, man. I mean, that Bill Walsh coaching tree is a redwood tree. Unbelievable. For some reason, though, you leave the Patriots and the roots just die. It's like like the life gets cut off. It's, it's like a tree. You put it in the ground and the roots die. They never germinate. They never grow. And that's taken place with just about every New England Patriots coach time and time again, uh, trying to become a head coach. And I don't know. It just never works out. I don't think it's going to work out for Patricia either. I think within two to three years, Patricia will be the former head coach of the Detroit Lions. I think they ring up the bottom of the division this year, despite all that talent they have a decent running game. Obviously Matthew Stafford is deadly and he drives the Vikings fans nuts. And obviously he, he's an escape artist. And that's the one thing about Kirk cousins. That's scary, particularly with an offensive line in front of us. That's the reason why the Vikings will be, hopefully it'll be 11 and five. But, uh, you know, <laughs> that's why I'm afraid of like 11 and five, 10 and six, not only the tough schedule, but again, the offensive line in front of him. That's why I'm not as confident in the Vikings going into Philadelphia, even though the odds of that are very slim anyway. Um, I'm not confident about beating Soldier Field, going into Soldier Field and winning New England, but Vikings got to win some road games so we'll have the Jets, the Rams. That'll be a very impressive win for the Vikings. Pivotal games this season will be why the Vikings finish 11 and 5, and I'm being optimistic a bit. Rams, Jets, and Seattle. Vikings will actually win those road games to get to 11 and 5, and they're going to have to do it because it's going to be damn hard. But I do think the Vikings protect home field this year and have a perfect record at home. Again, optimistic Starting off with the first game, that's about as tough a home game as you're going to get, along with the New Orleans Saints and the Packers coming to the team, coming to, coming to town as well. So some tough home games, some even tougher road games in the Vikings schedule, but they still squeak out that 11-5 and five record because the defense is just too good. The Vikings defense is too good for them to lose more than five games this year, in my humble opinion, but obviously the chances of the Vikings going 10-6 and six are very high as well. Um, Anything better than eleven and five? Wow, this is going to be an awesome season, and just maybe the drought ends, and I hope it does. Regardless, if the Vikings finish nine and seven, hopefully the drought ends. That would be unbelievable. Josh McDaniels is one of the other guys that just you know never worked out. I've a huge huge disappointment with the uh, Denver Broncos pretty much before he, they even played a game as he started making crazy moves there. No success for him. Very disappointing. And then you move on to uh, so many others, Weiss and others that just didn't work out. Great offensive coordinators for the uh, Patriots, but very little success after that. Romeo Cronell, you could just go on forever and ever and ever. Uh, What's the other one? Todd Haley, on and on and on. So let's just leave that alone. (laughs) <laughs> Let's just leave that alone. Uh, Detroit will finish in last place, something six and ten, seven and nine. It's going to be disappointing. Chicago eight and eight, nine and seven, maybe even ten and six. Green Bay ten and six, 11 and five. Minnesota eleven and five or ten and six, but I think Minnesota wins the division. Green Bay right there though, second place. Chicago third, and knocking on the door of the wild card for the Chicago Bears and the Detroit Lions. Seven and nine, six and ten, Missed the playoffs. And huge disappointment uh, for Matt Patricia. Not expecting much out of him or his team at the moment, unfortunately, because I don't think it's a match. I don't think so. I think they bleeped up, but it's the Lions. That's why they're the Lions. I mean, they haven't been a good team since the 1950s, really, other than some very promising years under uh, Barry Sanders that did not uh, come to fruition at the end of the day, getting to the uh, NFC title game, but getting rompeded by the Washington Redskins way back in 1990-91. So... We'll just kind of let that play out as it is now. Um, Don't think that team is on the verge of uh, getting to any Super Bowl or NFC Championship game anytime soon. Sorry, Detroit fans. It just is what it is. Let's talk about the long-term regular season into the postseason and all that. Who's going to go to the conference finals, the Super Bowl, all that? Well, who's going to win the AFC East? Miami Dolphins. They're going to they're gonna trade for Bridgewater, and he's going to lead them all the way. No, the Patriots are going to win the AFC East again. I couldn't even name the running back. Who the heck is their running back? Well, I guess they still have white, but they barely give them the ball, except for the final play of the Super Bowl and the great comeback against the, the uh, Falcons, but that's the Patriots for you. Right time, right place, world champions. <laughs> except for the doggone Eagles last year, just barely. They played the game of their life, and the Patriots still almost beat them. And people out there still don't think the Patriots uh, deserve some, some credit, despite this and that, despite cutting some corners here and there. Like, like, just about every all-star player hasn't cut corners. Give me a break. (laughs) Baltimore Ravens, everyone's on their jock for some reason. Well, they have three quarterbacks, and it's funny how the two backups are probably more popular than the starter there, even though Joe Flacco did help them win a Super Bowl. The guy is completely past his prime. He completely stinks, even though he's not that old. Uh, Robert Griffin III, barely hanging on. And then, of course, Mr. Jackson there with a nice future ahead of him as the quarterback of the Baltimore Ravens long-term. Cincinnati, maybe he'll squeak in, maybe not. Cleveland will be significantly better, but I don't trust them. Pittsburgh, their defense stinks. Ben Roethlisberger's past his prime. And the team is just kind of weird. I mean, the way they lost that game to Jacksonville last year, I don't know. So, eh. Who's going to win that division? Maybe, well, it's between Pittsburgh and Cincinnati, I think. I don't trust Baltimore, and Cleveland is not that good. Uh, Houston Texans have a ton of promise. I think they'll win the division, actually, in the AFC South this year. I don't trust Jacksonville. They should have made a move for a different quarterback. There were options all over the place, and they didn't do it. They could have made made a move for Teddy Bridgewater. They could have made a move for this guy. made a move for that guy. They could have drafted Jackson out of Louisville. They could have made a move for that, and they didn't do it, so... Jackson and Jacksonville, eh. Tennessee's got talent. I don't know what's going to happen with them. Indianapolis, I don't trust them at all. It's a good division, but I don't think any of them is going to like <clears throat> tear anything up except maybe the Houston uh, Texans if their uh, quarterback can uh, be healthy and ready to go. Mr. Watson there, AFC West. Gosh, uh, if the Chargers continue the momentum they had last year, they're going to they're going to win that division. I think, despite Kansas City, all their talent. I don't trust Andy Reid. Denver's a mess. Oakland's a frickin' mess. Uh, What's-his-name might be gone before they move to Las Vegas. John Gruden. I Don't be surprised. Why are you trading uh, Khalil Mack? Why? I don't get that move. I think it's stupid. Terrible trade. Um, well, okay, you got some nice draft picks. Yes, and maybe that'll work out long-term, but, well, you kind of got some players there to win now, and you just kind of threw it away. I mean, whatever. Oakland Raiders, soon-to-be Las Vegas Raiders. We'll see. I mean, that's like one of those stocks that's about to explode to the top or implode to the bottom. That's basically what the Oakland Raiders are. Put it this way. They'll be in the AFC Championship game or the Super Bowl this year, or they will completely miss the playoffs outright. That's what's going to happen with the Raiders this year. And in trading Khalil Mac, I think the odds of them going too far are slim now. I think that was a big loss. Big loss. Um, happy for you getting, getting draft picks, but they better be good ones for you as far as I'm concerned. I think the Chargers win that division. I think they. Oil the Oilers, the Houston Oilers, I wish. Change the name back to the Oilers, please. Houston Texans win the AFC South. God, who's going to win the AFC North? I guess Pittsburgh, just because they have to. New England Patriots win the AFC East for the ninety-nine billionth time. <clears throat> Imagine that. NFC, well, the Eagles are going to win the AFC, NFC East, pardon me. I don't trust Cowboys. New York Giants are a mess. Washington is weird. Even though they have a nice quarterback, but they had a nice quarterback the last couple of years. Or at least I gotta think the Vikings believe that because, well <laughs> I mean, if we gave up eighty four million guaranteed for the guy, Kirk Cousins, hopefully Washington had a good quarterback. Minnesota will squeak out the NFC North in a fairly tough division there. The NFC South is the division that could go to the Super Bowl this year. New Orleans or Atlanta, I think, is a good chance. Carolina is gonna be third, Tampa will be fourth, Tampa sucks, they're a mess. And it's just, I don't know, the only thing interesting about that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers right now is crab legs. Okay, that's real cute. Arizona Cardinals. There's always that little potential. They could explode and do something. The NFC West is that sneaky division as well. Wow. Any of those teams could do something in the playoffs. You never know. Seattle's always dangerous even though they're on the downturn. Thank God. San Francisco's got Mr. Big Mouth, but they also got uh, Jimmy Garoppolo and some other talented players. L.A. Rams. Uh, boy, they they won that division last year they have a lot of potential was it just a quick one year wonder and down they go again for another year or two until they get really good in about you know, two years from now possibly that's a tough one is it, I think it's too early to pick the 49ers to win that division I guess I'll go with the Rams just by default I think the Rams are in the division but they're going to have a disappointing loss at home to the Vikings so the Rams will squeak out that division I think San Francisco is going to squeak into the playoffs though somehow some way Arizona is going to be dangerous at times, but they'll probably be in last place. Seattle third. New Orleans should win the NFC South, but I think Atlanta is knocking on the door. They're extremely dangerous. One of those teams is going to go 13-3 and three and probably to the Super Bowl this year, I think, unless the Vikings have something to say about it. But I think the NFC South, one of those two, is going to be probably in the Super Bowl. I hate to say. <sighs> AFC Championship game is going to be the New England Patriots surprise of the decade versus the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, even if they are 9-7, 10-6, Phillip Rivers is the kind of quarterback that seems to get this. He, he overachieves. He wins road games in the playoffs. He's done it time and time again. There's a small chance they might even squeak past the Patriots into the Super Bowl. But I do think New England returns to the Super Bowl again for the 99th time. <sighs> Boy, I think the most dangerous team in the NFC right now. You know, you could easily say Philadelphia, but I don't know how many teams go back to back. There's always that letdown, that layoff, that, lay, that the letdown the next year, especially if you lose the Super Bowl. But I don't think the Patriots are the kind of team that's going to go downhill. I think they'll be right back in it again. They'll at least get to the AFC title game. Maybe you'll see the San Diego Chargers, Houston bleeping Texans in the Super Bowl this year, which would be weird. Or the Raiders. The Raiders are that wildcard team that just might go all the way to if everything goes right for Mr. Gruden. Uh, Mr. Gruden has won a Super Bowl before, as we know. And he went to the uh, AFC title game two years in a row before he went to the Bucks. So don't forget that. It, it's He's had success. Just didn't go so hot in Tampa Bay ab- after the Super Bowl. Oh, boy. I don't want to do this. I'm scared. I'm, <laughs> I'm scared. Could it be New Orleans and Atlanta in the NFC Championship game? There's a chance. There's a small possibility of that. Could the Vikings overachieve... Oh, if the Vikings offensive line, should put it this way, if the Vikings offensive line overachieves and or maybe we acquire somebody somehow, some way in a trade, or just somebody does not Matt Burke, just emerges despite being a late draft pick and becomes way better than anybody thought and becomes a Pro Bowl type O-lineman and, and other players stay healthy, I think the Vikings could win the NFC and, and even the, the whole and an enchilada. But it's hard to pick that. It really is. Right now, I think... New Orleans is going to probably... It's between New Orleans and Atlanta for me right now. I'm actually going to pick those two teams in the NFC Championship game. I think I have to. Oh, God. The talent around that Saints team is incredible. The talent in the Atlanta team is incredible. Offense and defense. It's those two teams, I think. I, I really do. I uh, One of them might end up being 9-7, and 10-6, but they still might make some type of playoff run. Maybe Minnesota's the other team in that conference game because they're better. But right now, just to play it safe, I don't like to, you know, I I don't like to sound like a true homer. I'm going to have New Orleans and Atlanta in the NFC title game with a strong possibility of it being Minnesota and all that again. But I think the New Orleans Saints go to the Super Bowl to play the New uh, New England Patriots. New versus new. Of course, it's really old versus old. You're going to see two quarterbacks in the you know, <laughs> either knocking on forty or over forty in Brady's case, and uh, I guess the Patriots squeak out one last one, and then Brady finally retires, and that's it. I I mean I keep picking the Patriots every year because well why shouldn't I? Where what did, what did they do last year? They got more yards than like any team ever in the Super Bowl. And the only reason they lost is because the other team that got more yards than anybody ever in the Super Bowl had just a tiny bit more momentum and because their defensive line played better than anybody else. That's the only reason the Patriots lost that game. So I think the Patriots squeaked past the New Orleans Saints in a dramatic, epic Super Bowl that'll be extremely exciting. Drew Brees will retire one way or another. And if he wants it, here's the ball, Teddy. Starting quarterback, New Orleans Saints. One way or another, Teddy Bridgewater will be the quarterback of the Saints. Long term, They'll sign him to a three-year deal, something like that. Maybe five years if they're really, really optimistic. But I'm thinking a three-year extension for Teddy Bridgewater and the New england Saints. Unless something crazy happens during the season. But um, some kind of crazy trade comes up, like somebody throws the moon at the Saints, like a Jacksonville or something. That's where the Jaguars just might squeak past and go to the Super Bowl with that defense. But right now, until that happens, I'm picking the Saints to get to the Super Bowl and lose just barely to the New England Patriots. And that's it right there. Tough kind of back and forth. Again, <laughs> I want to believe the Vikings offensive line could jump through and get the job done and win the Super Bowl. But I don't know. Until it happens, let's just let it happen, I guess. I'd rather be wrong about that than wrong about I'm picking the Vikings to go to the Super Bowl and they finish 10-6 and six and losing the first round to the Saints or something. Can't stomach that. And I pray to God that's not what happens. Prove me wrong, Minnesota. Go get them, okay? Prove me wrong. I am 100% begging you to prove me wrong. Please. I'm not being sarcastic. I'm not being an ass. I'm praying. I want them to do it. So I really do. And I'm sure all of you out there do as well. So with that, we'll take a quick break. We're going to very briefly preview the 49ers game. And then we will have the third, uh, third segment, Fan Interaction, which will probably be much longer than the second segment. back here on purple mafia second segment we're going to briefly preview the san francisco 49ers a team that well a lot of people are excited about them coming into this season but at the same time there hasn't been enough of a sample size to really fear them to get super excited because again there was no pressure on jimmy garoppolo last year and a certain starting running back that's not really a starter but kind of is a starter because that's who they had to have as their starter. Uh Jarek McKinnon is out for the season with an ACL as of yesterday evening. Oh, my God! <laughs> as the unfortunate news broke yesterday, ACL in practice, Jarek McKinnon. So we feared an injury earlier in the preseason. And then, well, this time it's real. Last time it was just kind of a scare and all that. But at the end of the day, it was just a strained calf. Now this time it's an ACL, and Jarek McKinnon is out for the season. So... That sucks. I feel bad for the 49ers. I feel bad for Jarek McKinnon especially. I liked him quite a bit, and now he's gone. At least for this season, and God bless him. It's it's uh, it's sad news, because I like Jarek McKinnon. Uh, hopefully, long-term, it looks like as uh, Latavius Murray possibly moves on after this season, depending on how things go, the Minnesota Vikings may have a uh, similar situation where Dalvin Cook's the main guy rock thomas is the Jarek mckinnon and mike boone is the latavius murray possibly uh mike boone obviously looked awesome in the preseason and such uh, a lot of people were excited about him coming in and he did not disappoint other than the very first game where rock thomas had his big scamper to pay her 78 yards out that was pretty awesome broke a couple tackles and away he went i think rock thomas does have a little Jarek mckinnon in him i do uh, so we'll see what happens there could be a uh, Nice stable of running backs for many years to come, provided uh, Delvin Cook stays healthy. I do expect a nice positive game from Delvin Cook. Um, you could get your first interception already for Kirk Cousins. Who knows? I mean, this game has got all kinds of potential in it. I do think the Vikings win. I like the momentum going in uh, for Minnesota. 49ers have some decent receivers, but none of them are going to blow your socks off per se. Pierre Garçon, the former uh, Washington Redskins wide receiver. Decent numbers during the years. He's 32 years old now. Marquise Marquise Goodwin has been decent over the course of his few years in the league. His six years in the league, that is. He's only 5'9". Slot receiver. Halfway decent. Other than that, though, not the scariest team of all time. Garrett Selleck, tight end. He's solid. Out of Michigan State years ago. George Kittle, Kyle Nelson, this and that. They're not like huge names, but they stand out a tiny bit. Decent offensive line, but uh, Iopati is long gone now, unfortunately. So that's a big loss. Uh, Mike McGlinchey, though, nice <laughs> pickup in the draft, though very, very helpful long term. That guy is going to be a uh, left tackle for many, many years for the San Francisco 49ers. Big six foot eight, three hundred fifteen pounder out of Notre Dame, big time draft pick. Uh, look, <laughs> looking Tomlinson is another one of the uh, guards. He's one of the left. He's the left guard for the 49ers. Tomlinson, that's funny. Usually think of the running back, of course, Ladanian over the years. I don't know. I mean, the Vikings should be able to beat this team. I, I don't think they're really ready for the big time. I think they're going to scratch and survive during the course of the season. But the competition is pretty harsh. Uh, Robbie Gold is their kicker, ancient guy from the uh, Chicago Bears years ago. The uh, Minnesota Vikings also picked up a punter. From Pittsburgh, literally off of waivers just right about now. So that's interesting. We'll talk about that in a little bit here. As the practice squad is starting to take shape, believe it or not. It was already taking shape as I was recording, literally. So that kind of figures how that goes. You got Mr. Big Mouth, you got Richard Sherman, you got nice you know, you got some nice players on defense, but it's a beatable team, of course. Again, remember last year they went through all that they went through all that success during a time when there was no pressure. So Let's see you do it when there is pressure now. Let's see you do it when there's a chance for you to do something, Jimmy Garoppolo and such. It's not like his, his numbers were good for a while, but then it kind of came back to reality. I mean, at the end of the day, everyone's acting like he's the next Joe Montana. His quarterback rating for San Francisco, not New England. San Francisco, when he was so amazing, was 96.2. That's decent, but it's not like, oh my God. So I suppose we'll have to slow our roll a little bit. Now, the eye test was nice and all that, but at the same time again, uh, you know, we'll see. The offensive line did give up eight sacks when Jimmy Garoppolo was under center. Seven touchdowns, five interceptions during this six-game sample size with the San Francisco 49ers, of course, just about perfect with New England, but everybody's perfect with New England, uh, including Tom Brady, for the most part. Too bad they couldn't keep Jimmy Garoppolo, but that's just how it goes. If your 40-year-old quarterback is going to pass for record yardage in the Super Bowl, holy cow, you just hope and pray there's no Lance Armstrong to Tom Brady. And i got to think, if anybody's getting tested nonstop for any type of uh, PEDs, it's uh, Tom Brady, and nothing's happening. So obviously, (laughs) he's doing it legally, he's just using the right diet, or he's using something that's so elusive that... My goodness, it's like a scientific phenomenon. That's about it right there. So that's the other reason why Tom Brady is still able to play for the 40, uh, 49ers for <laughs> the Patriots. His team was the 49ers growing up. Garoppolo and such uh, with San Francisco. I do think they're going to have a successful season in their standards at this point because of how bad they've been the past few years. 8 and 8, 9 and 7. So again, the winner of the the winner of this game is going to go 11 and 5, 12 and 4. The loser will go 8-8, eight 9-7, and eight, nine and, seven, and probably missed the playoffs. I do think that's the San Francisco 49ers. I just think the momentum for the Minnesota Vikings, Kirk Cousins, all that excitement, season opener, home game, the Vikings defense being what it is. San Francisco, you know, they're good, but they're not ready for the big time yet. I, I just don't see it. The Vikings have already been to the NFC title game, this and that. Uh, the, the defensive line for Minnesota is just going to be too much, I think, for Garoppolo. I think San Francisco is going to be frustrated in this game. I think Minnesota is going to score 24 to 27 points. San Francisco is going to wind up with 14 to 17, something like that. Should we go, let's just think Mike Zimmer here, 24 to 17. That's more of a Mike Zimmer kind of game. Maybe even 20 to 17, 20 to 14. It's not going to be a super high-scoring game. It could be because of the guns the Vikings have, but the offensive line is not that great. Uh, San Francisco's pass rush is decent, but it doesn't stand out. Spectacularly, uh, I guess Mike McGlinchey's a right tackle in the NFL, but I don't know. Uh, Joe Staley, still the uh, left tackle. So, pardon me there. Obviously, he's one of the top guys. So, good offensive line in front of Garoppolo. That will help at the end of the day. It will help a lot. But I just think ultimately, with the secondary, the linebackers, all that, I just think the Vikings' defense is too good for the San Francisco team to roll into U.S. Bank Stadium and beat the Vikings. That's the reason why I think the Vikings win the game. It's just defense, 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 and the offense will be good enough. This and that. I think there'll be enough momentum offensively for the Vikings to not lose the game. Um, You just hope this offensive line can stay healthy. You just hope Pat Elfline can be semi up to speed. I don't think he's going to be fully up to speed. It's going to take a couple weeks, a couple games for Pat Elfline to be up to speed. And it's going to be like a delayed training camp, which again is dangerous because guys can get hurt that way knock on wood, Pat Elfline does not have some type of uh, alternate injury, some type of thing, so again, fold your hands and pray that there's nothing like that because it's going to be tough. Uh, Pat Alpine, there's a pretty good chance he won't even start the game. You're going to see Brett Jones start at center. You're going to see Complin at the left guard. I would not be surprised if that ends up happening at the end of the day. Might be the safer route to prevent some type of a goofy type of injury, some pulled calves, strained calves, uh, God knows something worse. That type of thing. That might be the situation. The reason why the Vikings would lose the game would be poor offensive, poor poor pass protection, poor run protection, too. I mean, obviously, with uh, Nick Easton out, the run protection is not going to be the same. It doesn't help. Uh, with the stable of running backs this team has, there's just no excuse the Vikings should lose this game by the end of the day. The great offense, or defense, pardon I me, mean, the defense that's pretty much as great as it gets Um and again, you add Georgia Loka to the group. I mean, that's just another major addition. Mike, he was another major addition. I mean, there's just no reason this defense can't hold off the San Francisco 49ers' uh, little surge into this season. Things don't always pick up where they left off. Just because you had a nice finish to the regular season against, you know, when there's no pressure on you, against teams that aren't that spectacular necessarily, and when you're in a no-pressure situation, it doesn't mean that you're going to, roll into the next year. I mean, momentum doesn't usually work that way. It works that way sometimes going into the playoffs. It doesn't always work that way either. Like, you could have the greatest momentum going into the playoffs and bam, out in the first round or maybe the second. So things can happen awfully quickly uh, in a negative direction despite the wonderful uh, momentum you may have had. And of course, again, an ACL injury to your starting running back should he have been the starter? I don't know. But good enough, I guess, to start. He, he's a good running back. Obviously, Jarek McKinnon. You're going to need more help around him. And, uh, well, running back committee, running back du jour, here's the ball. you know. So that's going to hurt the 49ers as well. Minnesota wins the game 24-17 over the San Francisco 49ers. Kirk Cousins will throw for two touchdowns. One of them will be to Stephon Diggs, the other to... Somebody like a Kyle Rudolph. It'll be to a tight end, I think. Somebody like that or a running back. Something along the the likes of that. Um, I think there'll be turnovers on both sides of the ball. Turnovers on both sides of the ball here. Possibly an interception by Cousins. Possibly a fumble by Murray. I'm kind of getting worried about that. Or even Cook. Again, I don't think Cook is going to come out of the gates. Guns a-blazing. I don't. I think you're going to see something like 50 yards from Cook. And you're going to see something like maybe 50 yards from uh, Murray. It's going to be kind of a committee type of a game to start things out. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, you'll you'll see Cook start the game, but I think Murray's going to possibly get more carries early on. We'll see, though. Uh, it, it all kind of depends. I don't think Cook and Elfline, if Elfline even plays in the game, will be up to speed uh, per uh, regular season football coming out. But Minnesota will be good enough to win 24-17. to The Minnesota Vikings start the season 1-0 and against the San Francisco 49ers. Well that we'll take a break and we'll come back and hear from you guys with Fan Interaction right after this. And we are back here on Purple Mafia, segment number three, fan interaction segment happy Labor Day to you, as that's when this show is going to get uploaded and released for you to listen, so hope you had a happy Labor Day if you're listening afterwards, and if it's Labor Day still, hope you're enjoying it very much so. I will do the best to do, do my best to do that. I always seem to record these shows, release them on some form of holiday because, well, hey, I'm not working, so it's great to great time to record and do the show. Um, it's not particularly beautiful out, but it's, it could be a lot worse. It's not raining. It's just overcast, so, eh, all right. Let's just continue where we where we lift off here onto fan interaction. That's where we need to be. The most recent episode, which is episode 269, not 169, but 269, tying up loose ends. This, of course, 270, season preview 2018. Yes, sir. So let's see what people had to say here. Leland Albertson out of Iowa says, Nice return, Joey. You know this is becoming a tradition. This will make season number six that your voice has pumped in my headphones at work or mowing the yard, etc., Nice opening show. Thank you so much, Leland. Uh, You're a star candidate for this show. Just that alone. I mean, that's awesome. Season number six. Isn't that cool? You know, you just sit down and realize, man, it's like this is season number 11 for Pearl Mafia, if you can believe that. To think Leland's been around for at least half of it here. I mean, that's pretty cool. That's pretty amazing. So thank you, Leland, for being a part of things. And um, yep, that's the whole idea. When you're working in the house, mowing the yard, whatever it is, it's a great thing to do. Listen to podcasts, you know, (laughs) so it's the perfect time to do it and well done. Uh, Gerald String out of Nebraska says, love the Teddy update. I have watched all his snaps on Game Pass. He looks as good and as sharp as he did pre-injury. He needs to be a starting NFL quarterback. Great show, Joey. Looking forward to a great season. Hopefully please no more injuries. And thank you very much also, Gerald. You're always a star candidate on this show. Just so awesome. So we'll continue from there. Thanks again, guys, for the wonderful comments there. So this was the the release of Kai Forbath, which was pretty much the same day as that show was released. Nope, the day after, August the 20th, Kai Forbath was officially released. Sebastian Barton, also known as Sebastian Balls historically says, stunned but not really, stunned how quickly, yep, I thought it was pretty fast not that he was cut, not stunned that he was cut Uh, Cedric Paulding out of Mississippi future Hall of Famer says good, good. he sucked, Daniel Carlson is the man, school (sighs) oh yeah, but oh boy, that Seattle game scared the crap out of me, Cedric, hopefully hopefully that was just a little gaff and he's just kind of like, yeah, let's get that hiccup out now, you're in the preseason and let's not do that in the regular season that scared me a little bit, but we'll see. Leland, continuing the conversation, says, saw that coming, the clock was ticking. Yes, it was. Irene McCoy, welcome aboard. I believe this is the first time. Uh, Christopher, she says, Christopher Tordson, try to control your grief. So she's uh, <laughs> mentioning Christopher Tordson about that one. i uh, not sure if Irene is a member, but maybe. And thank you. And if not, if you're listening, please do join the page. Gerald's Ring says, Kai made some clutch kicks when it mattered. So i got to give him at least that, particularly in the divisional uh, round against the New Orleans Saints. Absolutely. That was massive. Beautiful kick by Kyle Warbeth Not surprised, though. Time to move on, and Carlson looks like the real deal for the future, and I hope he does. Hoping and believing, my friend. Hoping and believing. We continue to the next story here. Adrian is back, of course, with the Washington Redskins. Let's hear what you guys had to say. Justin Mayer-Henry says, I'll be watching for sure. Hope he does well. Sebastian Barton says, hope. Justin Mayer-Henry is out of Colorado, by the way. Uh, Sebastian, uh, he is local here in the Twin Cities now again. He says, hope he does okay. Washington can win the division, and I'd be happy. Hate Dallas and Odell. Yep, I hate the Cowboys and I hate Odell Beckham as well, yes. I'm not a fan of either one of them. Obe- Odell Beckham, he's like the anti-Teddy Bridgewater. Kind of like what I talk about. O- Teddy's not looking for where's the party and everybody look at me with my cool this, cool that. Yeah, Odell can play, but he's kind of an ass. And yeah, he's just too much. And yes, I've always hated Dallas. Gerald continues saying, every now and again, every now and again, I like to YouTube Adrian's old highlights. Nobody is more fun to watch at that position in recent history. You know, that's very true, Gerald. Kind of like when you sit back and want to watch like a Walter Payton. Oh, my God. If you ever, there is a about a 10-minute video out there. I'm going to encourage you to listen. If you like to watch incredible videos about the NFL a highlight video, about 10 minutes, and a very cool, uh, very cool music in the background, not that loud, noisy hip-hop that I can't stand, so some of you like it, but most of you maybe not, I don't know, I, um, but, oh man, that's freaking awesome, um, the, the guy started, the, the guy's older than a lot of us think, I mean, he started playing football in 75, in, in NFL football at the Bears, 1975, retired in 87, and of course, perished, died in 1999, Oh, boy, I felt so bad of uh, cancer. That was uh, heartbreaking. I believe it was liver cancer, if I remember correctly. And the guy was scared to death. I remember that. He knew he was dying like a year earlier. And, oh, just your heart aches when you hear that. And he did not want to, you know, he was so scared and sad. And, oh, God, it just haunts you when you hear that. Very haunting. Um, Walter Payton, what a legend. What a great player. But yes, um, Adrian, I remember like years ago, about five, six years ago when I first watched that highlight and I was like, you know, Adrian was the closest thing to Walter and you sit and watch his highlights. He was the closest thing to Walter in modern days when Adrian was in his prime and such. Different player, bigger player, this and that, but similar. The, the dominance and the ability to just get loose. and Literally, like as you hear Paul Allen scream out, he's loose, as I am not going to imitate it right now. <sighs> or should I? He's loose! Okay, sorry. That's basically how he does it. Let's move on. Gerald String continuing this uh, particular comment, which I rudely interrupted. Every team we faced only had one goal, and most of the time it didn't work. That meaning stop Adrian Peterson, right? Dang. Hope he can still muster up one or two good seasons and climb up the leaderboard where he belongs. Yeah, I mean, who knows? He could at least get to ninth, eighth. I think it was it Eric Dickerson. That that guy's going to be tough. It's a, it's about another twenty five hundred yards to go. It's like yeah, when you think Adrian Peterson, that's very catchable, but when you think about Adrian Peterson's age, you realize it's very difficult. The guy was born in eighty five, so it's a crazy thing. A guy named in nineteen eighty five is old, but yeah, eighty five. Gosh. <laughs> Eighty-five, yeah, old, yeah, he's he's old. <sighs> okay, I better shut up and continue. Dave Hickey out of Iowa says, "I hope he does well." Also, I agree. Uh, Leland Albertson says, "I like this." Yep, 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 yep. Let's continue here. And yes, good good luck to Adrian. Absolutely, of course, the young rookie uh, hopeful. ACL. Just like Jack McKinnon. ACL. Packers linebacker. ACL. Don't, don't you hate that about preseason and training camp? Don't you just hate that? Remember 93? Those of you are old enough to remember including myself. Uh, Terry Allen. ACL. Uh, 96. Ed McDaniel. ACL. Uh, you, you could go on and on. There, There's many more. Uh, Chad Greenway. 2006. ACL. Before he even suited up in a, a regular season game. Before he suited up in a preseason game if I remember correctly. Or was it his first preseason game I think. I think it was, yeah, ACL, and you could just go on, and on, and on, and on, and on, the 2008 Patriots after a 16-0 season, Tom Brady, ACL, the 1999 Denver Broncos after two straight Super Bowls, and the greatest running back ever, maybe, he was on his way to being that, Terrell uh, Davis, ACL, Oh, jeez, I hate it, doesn't it suck, don't you just hate that, um, see, some of those were the first first game of the season, but still, it's like you didn't even get a chance, you know? I mean, jeez, you didn't even get a chance to see the guy play. So, yeah, I, I hate, that's the worst thing about football is the doggone Mickey frickin' injuries. George Iloca, George Iloca, this was when it was still a rumor, but likely to sign a contract with Minnesota. And yes, he's wearing number 28 at the moment. Don't be surprised to see him take on number 43. I believe that was cleat who was cut. From the Vikings, um, one of the linebackers, or was he a tight end? I forget. I believe he's a tight end. Klee, at forty-three. He will likely wind up with the Minnesota Vikings, uh, or excuse me, I believe Iolka will end up with that number because that's what he wore with the Bengals. Okay, Ali Siddiqui, locally here in the Twin Cities, says I know that Iolka is good and is very familiar with Zimmer, but I admit I'm, but I admit I'm still shocked given that Sendejo has really improved the past couple of years. Well, the good news is they're all going to play. So. It's very, very interesting, and I'm happy about it. Ali Sedeqai says, me too. Allows them to get more creative. See, exactly. Ali knows what he's talking about. Uh, He says, maybe run exactly Yep, some three safety packages and have Smith and Dejo play some linebacker at times. Exactly. And it sounds like, actually, it's uh, Iloka is the one that's going to play some linebacker because he's the biggest. Uh, He's like 6'3". There's not many safeties that are that big. The guy's a monster. You just look at his picture, and you're like, that's a safety, huh? Hmm. That's a big ass safety. <sighs> Pardon my French. Leland says depends on the cost, which, well, I'm gonna jump in real quick. Seven hundred and fifty k. So, it's like metron minimum for how long he's been in the league. Uh, the issue I'm having is that we need an lineman. The cost of Cousins and a skeleton crew protecting him has really has me scared. My opinion is we are one to two lineman injuries away to not even making the playoffs. Scary thought. I feel you, Leland. I feel you. I really do. Gerald String says you. You kind of got to agree with Leland. Yep, Leland's definitely a star candidate for this show. <clears throat> you kind of got to agree with Leland. You could see against a good D-line like the Jaguars. We couldn't handle the pressure. No pocket and always hurried if we want to compete at a high level. They got they just got to do whatever to get some consistency. Man, just think, we got enough on D right now. Yep, the depth. Yep, we got enough depth on D right now. Yep. Josh Marinry says, I like the signing. He will put pressure on Sandejo, and Iloka is a better deep cover safety than both of our current guides. We definitely could use the O-line help, but finding the quality guy on the line is the hard part. Yeah, it's very hard. I mean, they don't grow on trees, boy. Iloka hitting the market was something hard to pass up, uh, especially with the experience of Zimmer. Um, I agree completely. And remember, I wasn't even talking about, you got to bring in a safety of some sort. Well, they did. Holy cow. What a deal, eh? What a deal, seven fifty, um, and maybe maybe we keep him, maybe because not everybody that's extremely expensive on the Vikings currently is going to be on the roster next year, and of course we'll talk about a guy whose salary came off the books just, uh, you know, you could just say hours ago, pretty much. Well, just well, it's about twenty four hours ago now, about that maybe a little more. A guy that likes to fish for uh, quarterbacks, he likes to go go fishing, and I'm a moron. I'm too excited. To, I was too excited to get going on to the segment. I didn't even mention this is the Facebook page, and you probably figured that, but uh, usually I start off with Twitter. I'm going to back up and go back to Twitter temporarily, so now I can give my proper shout-out to the the other Facebook page uh, that I like and I support and supports this page. So um, let's go back to Twitter account here for a moment. At Purple Mafia, at Purple Mafia Show, at Purple Mafia Show. Do give that a follow if you could. Mad Martin out of... Northern Scotland dominates the Twitter, and he's dominating it again, without a doubt. We continue from... This is too far down. There it is. August 20th. Welcome back, brother. Just starting the podcast. Cannot believe the number of penalties in that game. The NFL isn't going to exist in 20 years if this is where the rules of the game are headed. And that was the Jacksonville game, without a doubt. That is ugly, man. Ugly, blankety-blank. Let's continue. Mad Martin. This is all Mad Martin until we get to Sam Gupta and a couple of them here. A couple more tweets from Mad Martin out of Northern Scotland. This game put me to sleep. Poor O. Worry worrying going forward. Started watching our former quarterbacks teams to see how to see how they get on. Teddy looked sharp against Washington. Yes, he did the whole preseason. Cannot disagree with anything you're saying about Teddy. Um yeah. I love the guy and he's a starting quarterback in the NFL. Without a doubt. Maybe uh maybe several pro bowls on his way. Not necessarily Hall of Fame greatness, but who knows? Maybe it's still coming, and I think he's got a very bright future. Uh, the accuracy down the field improved. You, you saw an improvement with his accuracy down the field. It's possible when, when it was early in a guy's career, and then you know, then his knee did what it did. Uh, but now you're seeing uh, Teddy exactly where he was in 2016, right before the injury happened. And maybe a little bit further, because I'm sure he studied more and more of the mental game the last two years. And, well... <laughs> That's the best thing you can do when you're completely out like that. Final uh, tweet by Mad Martin, at least for this moment, says, My worry about Cousins is how hungry is he for success? Is it all about the money? I hope he's worth every cent they are paying him, and I hope so too. You know, it's hard to say. We we don't know yet. He looks like he's really something else. He's got a nice arm. He's aggressive, this and that. He's got a little farve in him that way, but not, you know, the, the arm and the aggressive and all that. He's, he, he's not afraid to... He's not afraid to fail, that type of thing, which I like sometimes, as long as it's not too crazy. But, um, yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. Unfortunately, the mobility Favre had, at least when he donned green and gold, uh, is not there for uh, Mr. Uh, Favre. By the time he got to the purple, I don't think Favre was all that mobile. Let's not even talk about Favre being mobile and stuff. So, we all know where that leads. Sam Gupta. Sam Gupta, welcome back. He says, really enjoyed the latest podcast. Thanks for all the energy and drive you have put in over the past 12 years. Thank you so much, Sam. You're awesome to say that. So you've been uh, you've been a listener the whole time, haven't you? That's amazing, if, if that's true. Um, that's basically what I was saying in the tweet, but now I'm kind of saying it live here, kind of, paraphrasing. But um, also, that was an immediate response from me here. It's that, that means a lot to me. Uh, he says, it's crazy how quickly time passes. Yeah, that it's been that that long. That's insane. The Vikings will win the big one sooner or later. I have much more hope with Zimmer and the current front office than I have had in over a decade. But either way, they are our team and I'll follow them to the end. And I, Yep, I'm, I'm with you. It's tough. It got really tough to be a Vikings fan in 2001. The way the team was just acting like a bunch of jackasses and Dennis Green was completely, you know, playing whatever card he could play. You know, I mean, I got sick and tired of the attitude there with the players. And then Dennis Green basically saying, stop asking about it, you know, blah, blah, blah. And when it's like when people have every right to ask about it. And I don't know, Dennis Green was just ignoring the problem, it seemed like. And I got tired of that. It was tough to be a fan. That was my biggest test as a Viking fan. It was 2001. Of course, the heartbreaking losses 998 uh, was extremely tough. 2000 was just embarrassing and a, it just just shattered your confidence in the franchise for a little while into 2001. that led into 2001. Uh, 2009 it's like are we ever gonna win? And this most recent one again, are we ever gonna win? So there is that, but we're still here and we're we still still have our team and the one thing it does, it makes you even hungrier. and if and when that day ever comes, <laughs> I mean the emotions are gonna pour out the tears are going to flow. They're going to flow. I don't care who you are. If you've been watching this team 15, 20 years or much beyond that, like some of you out there that go all the way back to the Tarkington days, the tears are going to flow. And uh, you can kind of almost hear it in my voice right now. They're not coming down right now, but it's <laughs> the tears will flow. And it's going to be a wonderful time if and when that does happen. And I'm believing I'm believing it will. Uh, Malcolm McSween out of Northern Cal says... Oh, God. I'm not watching, but this tweet doesn't sound too good. And that's, again, the stupid, stinky uh, Jacksonville game. Mad Martin says, just watching the game and you're bang on. Pay all that money for the quarterback and protect him with his O-line. I'm worried. Let's hope it's just one bad game. I see the Purple have traded an undisclosed pick to the Giants for center. Brett Jones. Yes, they have. And that's that's probably why... uh, Cornelius Edison isn't on the on the current roster but we'll talk about Cornelius Edison in a little bit he's, let's just say he's not completely gone, so that's good uh, he wasn't spectacular, he wasn't good at all per se, he's like a third string center but again, that was pretty much final for him and uh, a nice move for the Vikings to bring in Brett Jones, he will be the left guard, probably the center in the first game into San Francisco, like I said on the last uh, episode, very unlikely offline is going to start against the uh, San Francisco 49ers but the Vikings still win the game. Uh, you'll see Brett Jones, Compton. See, they're competent. Competent. Compton is competent. That, But that's about it. Uh, um, let's continue. I'm wandering too much. <laughs> Mad Martin says, Not a bad trade at all, considering Elfline still isn't ready. And our general O-line depth is horrible. Yes, it is. Uh, Cousins had issues finishing drives in Washington with what I've seen from his this O-line so far. He has no chance. Teddy to the taints. I so bleeping hate that. Those cheats win the Super Bowl with Teddy. My football days are done. I don't blame you for feeling that way. It's beyond frustrating, or beyond anger. It makes you sick, doesn't it? makes you sick. Um, I, I, I hate the Saints. I do, and I'm I'm not over it. I know Brent Jacobson was telling people to be over it. I'm not over it, Brent. I, I love you, Brent. I love you to death. I, I hope you're still listening. I hope I didn't scare you away over the years. How can we be over it, though? And plus, it, it kind of brought it back again. Those bastards almost knocked us out in the uh, U.S. Bank Stadium. They didn't cheat or anything, but they still almost knocked us out again, which is more and more reason to just be frustrated and depressed and all that. But luckily, well, I think, I guess you could say we're over it now with the miracle. Okay, we're kind of over it now, but unfortunately, they got the ring. We didn't. So, I don't know, Teddy, we'll see what happens. Don't be surprised if Teddy actually winds up somewhere else long term. Uh, even though it's a great fit. But how long is Drew going to play? Just like Tom Brady. Is Drew going to? Is Drew one of those ageless wonders that's going to play for another three years? Possibly. Possibly. You're, you're not really seeing any drop-off from the guy. So, I don't know. Final uh, Twitter post from Mad Martin, who is the emperor of Twitter. But Sam Gupta's catching up a little bit. <laughs> He's Sam Gupta. Thanks for those posts. Gotta love you. But no, Mad Martin, you're the emperor of Twitter. He says... So can the Saints afford a Teddy extension? Breeze has a 2019 $35.5 million cap hit with $21 million in dead money. Holy schmuckers. So I don't think Teddy's going to play for the Saints next year unless Drew Breeze is, literally just says, I'm done, I'm retiring. Okay, Breeze, retire. Okay, maybe not. Maybe we want Teddy to go to the Dolphins or the uh, Jaguars or the uh, uh, Bills or something or uh, be uh, Tom Brady's replacement. <laughs> The Patriot Teddy. Yeah. Even a modest ten to fifteen million year extension for Teddy is forty five to fifty million for one spot. Yeah. And they have no first or third round pick in the draft next year. May they crash and burn. See, that's the thing, yeah. That's uh yeah, they that that might be exactly what happens. Um they did draft extremely bleeping well last year, though. Holy cow. Just Kamara alone is like a franchise changing player. He's he's one of those hybrid receiver backs, receiver back. What you know what I'm saying? He's like a wide receiver running back, kind of like that guy with uh, Carolina last year. Why am I forgetting his name? Uh, McCaffrey. There we go. Ed McCaffrey. McCraff- uh, McCaffrey. Ed McCaffrey's son. Um, but this guy's better than Ed McCaffrey's son. So dangerous, son of a biscuit. Uh, Alvin Kamara. Whoo, and he hates us with a passion. He blew up and said, "F Minnesota." Thank you. Um, Thank you, uh, Alvin, for your thoughts there. Let's get to the Facebook page. Thank you, Man Martin, Sam Gupta, Malcolm. Thanks, yeah, Thank you very much, the three of you. You guys are awesome. <clears throat> Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash purple mafia show officially for this page. Both this page and the Twitter account will be in the show description for you to get to it at any time if you're new to the show or just want to look up because you never did and follow the uh, one of the two accounts or both, which would be great going to give a quick shout out to MN Vikings Haven MN Vikings Haven, Trevor Wickerin is the founder of that Facebook page it's same similar type idea no podcast because but um, we kind of work together I give him a, a shout out and I mention encourage you to join the page and he allows me to post links to Purple Mafia and uh, encourage you to come to listen to my show, this and that, interact a lot of you guys have joined that page and interact in there and that's great, MN Vikingshaven, Haven Tre- Trevor Wickerin who lives north of the Twin Cities great guy Hope he's listening, and if not, I understand. I guess <laughs> can't have them all right, that's for damn sure. So, uh, let's move to back to the face of the cage where I was. The preseason thread, I'm not going to really dig into these, I don't think. Um, I'll kind of get in the end where it's more like post game ish type thoughts if possible. Brett McCarthy, though, very active, and that was cool. Uh, Brett McCarthy loved my ham on rye. Yep, there it was, like the ham on rye. Yep, that was fun. Back and forth conversation there. So as we get near the end here, yep, Kurt Back was saying not impressed so far. Seattle kicker looks like the no boy. That guy was huge, wasn't he? That guy was huge, and he's like forty years old. Gerald Strings is hoping someday we invest in some O line pass protection. Horrific two games in a row. Yep, that's a huge thing. Steve Bass is that kicker. He's a yeah. You could take out the B and say uh, yeah. That guy's pretty big. <laughs> and now we have kicker problem. That's when. Mm, Gerald Spring says, is too late to change their mind on kickers? Yikes. Yeah, too bad. Kind of overshadows how well uh, Treadwell played in that last drive. And yes, Treadwell did play pretty good in the preseason. He looks better. He looks better, and well, he's the third receiver right now. Okay, Laquan, let's go, buddy. Let's see what you can do, as Jack Morris would say. Come on, Laquan, let's go. Let's see what you can do. Uh, finally, some separation yards after catch, and some explosive plays. Oh, well. Doesn't look like any, It doesn't look anything like a 13-3 team right now. That's for sure kind of scary when you look at the last six quarters from last year and these last six preseason games, and that's a huge thing. The last six quarters last year were terrible, terrible, scary as bleep. Mark Carlson says, listen to the game on AM radio as we were cooking dinner campside at Lake At a lake in Southwest Minnesota. Cool. I I almost never have been there. Southwest Minnesota. But then again, Northwest, I've absolutely never been there. So I got to check that out. Uh, Cook sounds like he's ready to go. And I hate to have a new kicker every year, but that's why it's called Not For Long. NFL Not For Long, right? (laughs) That is why. Leland says, just watch the DVR. Just keep telling yourself it's only preseason. Not to beat a dead horse, but O-line, please. Dave Vicky says, "Finally got to see the game earlier today. My thoughts are the special team sucks. Uh, Cousins had trouble finishing drives in Washington, and I don't, and it and it don't look like that's changed much. Although he doesn't have the full complement of players in the game, and the defense for the most part looks great. Skull, and that is the theme. You come out of the preseason, the defense just keeps getting better and better and better and better and better, doesn't it? Like 2016." See, 2015, the defense looked good. 2016, the defense looked amazing for a little while, and then things went downhill. And then last year, the defense was even better. And it was historically good on the third downs and all that. Could it be this defense is even better yet? With Mike Hughes and Georgia Loca added on board. Um, Daniel Hunter moved up, uh, moved up the ranks and is, you know, one of the t- main main dudes now. Um, we'll talk again about the fisherman who's gone now, and fishers of he will make you fishers of quarterbacks. Uh, he started his career right when I started podcasting and doing YouTube. Uh, originally it was uh, Ryan Robinson. All of you know he's gone now, unfortunately. Uh, still living, but no longer in the Vikings. Um, George Loca, of course, being added. This and that. Mike Hughes. I mean the depth. Sheldon Richardson was the other guy I was thinking about. It is incredible. And then of course, the entire defensive line, just top to bottom. I mean, they're all like starter talent. unbelievable. Okay. And I did not put a uh, tray. I did not put a thread for the fourth preseason game. I probably should have, but I didn't. I just didn't. and I'm sorry. I kind of didn't want to go too crazy. I should have though, at least give you guys a forum to have a conversation and more back and forth on this uh, during that game, but but I apologize for that. Well, what's here? Uh, Vikings acquire center Brett Jones and trade with the Giants. Yep. So, and it was apparently for a seventh round pick. Gerald String says that, well, I hope the last two games were just meaningless preseason performances. Not much point in having an $84 million quarterback laying on his back. Every single other play. Yep. Leland says, hey, online talk at least. If it buys Elfline a couple more weeks of rehab, it's a good thing. And that's probably what it did. So, good call there. Good call. Teddy Bridgewater getting traded to the Saints. So again, a third-round pick going to the Jets. A sixth-round pick, and Teddy, Theodore Roosevelt. Now, Theodore Roosevelt Bridgewater is going to the, the Taints. The Taints, the Aints, whatever you want to call them. But either way, I like their uniforms. That's it. I hate the Saints generally. I used to love them, but I hate them now. Leland says, there has been a lot of trade talks with him this year. Figured it wouldn't be long. Still wish we could have rode the bench behind Cousins instead of Drew Brees. I wish he was here too. It's just the sad part is, there's, you know, he would have been screwed because of the contract and and Cousins is younger. I really like Teddy. I wish he was here. Tony Coleman says, ah, man, I really like Teddy, but I strongly dislike the Saints. Sebastian Burton says, this bleeping sucks. I can't even like the kid now. Woohoo! More replies. This generated a lot of conversation. Well, not too much. Uh, Sebastian says there were three teams that did not want him to go to Green Bay, New Orleans, and Seattle. Same here. I, I hate them all. I hate them all. Yep, I agree with you, brother. Hate them all. Cowboys, too. Could you imagine? That would look weird. Teddy and the Cowboys. I wish he could have just been the long-term starter for the Jets. That would have been fine. I don't really like the Jets that much, but eh, they're way over in the AFC. You know, I don't know. Brett Jacobson, Brent Jacobson says, it will have been 10 years since the Bounty Gate fiasco. Yep, here we go. Count, we as Viking fans buried the past and moved the bleep on. Plus, other than Sean Payton, none of the coaches are still there. Yep, um, I understand. I understand. But still, it's frustrating. Craig Anderson said, uh excuse me, Chris Craig says, are you insane? Bounty Gate was the worst Xbox game ever. So no, we can't move the bleep on, you insufferable SOB. Wow. Woo! (laughs) The bum just trolling. That was uh, Brent Jacobson. Dave Hickey says, never. Those cheating SOBs will never be forgiven, especially with Peyton trolling the sidelines. Smug bastard was talking a lot of bleep in that last playoff game last year, too. I like Teddy, but not the Saints. Fair point. Yep, very, very good call, Dave Hickey. He won the Gold Star last episode in huge call there, and Brent Jacobson liked it, too. Good call. Um, <laughs> that guy's an ass, isn't he? He, he really is an ass. Uh, I, how can you like Sean Payton? Raiders agree to trade Matt, Kal- Matt Khalil. Oh, God. Khalil Mack. I wish it was Matt Khalil. it would be like, oh, I'm so scared. Oh, how many sacks is he going to give up to uh, Daniil Hunter? <laughs> Everson Griffin. Come on, Matt Khalil. Let's see what you got. No, it's Khalil Mack. Oh, shoot. It's more like the other way around, unfortunately. Until our own line gets their butts in gear, it's kind of the other way around. I'm a little afraid right now. Monsters of the Midway. Well, you better get that video started because the Monsters of the Midway got a little bit tougher. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we talked about that in the first segment. Sebastian Barton says on the only upside, the Bears will be without two first round picks, from what I'm reading. And that, yep, that's exactly correct. And that is expensive. First-round picks are crucial to your team. They are. Um, But Khalil Mack is crucial to your team, too. Uh, Leland says, hmm, Justin Shatava, welcome back. He says, uh, the line and secondary are still a joke, but that's an impressive linebacker core. It is. It is. Um, That defense has gotten better, though. It's gotten better. They've shown size. I mean, they're not familiar names necessarily, but they've gotten a lot better. Brent Jacobson says the Bears will still be a third-place operation this year. I'm glad he didn't end up with Green Bay. And that would have been a huge problem, Brent. So good call there, of course. Yeah, the Bears will finish third. Um, The the Lions will be in last place. And I don't think they're going to be real happy with their uh, new coach and all that. I, I I don't know, man. You're better off just keeping Caldwell or somebody like that. That team... That's an offensive team, I think. Um, so yes, Brian Robinson has been released after eleven seasons. Brian Robinson started his career with the Vikings, fourth round pick, two thousand seven. I started my YouTube, uh, which was Paladino uh, Paladino Live back then, which eventually split up into Purple Mafia and other podcasts. Originally, there was a Paladino Live podcast, which split up into Purple Mafia, Brave the Wild, Timberwolves Explosion. Um, so that's basically what happened there. That's the story. Uh, Paladino Live ended up becoming these three podcasts. Um, and I could call it the Paladino Live Network. I might as well call it that, but I don't have a website or anything. But I guess this is the Paladino Live, Live Network now because there's no uh, there's no really SportsStuff.com anymore. Just the uh, feed on the on the <laughs> on the on the HipCast account, which uh, pushes things on Twitter or excuse me, iTunes and such. The RSS line. Other than that, it's basically the Paladino Live Network. Brian Robinson was one of the casualties, and William Carr says, "See ya." So apparently he wasn't a big fan. Terrence Newman retires. We'll join the coaching staff effective immediately. This generated a bit of conversation. Jeff Froyland. There you go. Welcome back. He says that's a good decision on both ends. I agree. Dave Vicky says, wow, that's crazy. I knew he was going to go into coaching and definitely with Zimmer. So it's a match made in heaven. Agreed. Mark Carlson says, not necessarily does a good player make a good coach, but I can't disagree with so many years of experience, and Dave Hickey and Jeff Freyland may well be right. Newman was brought here for and because several reasons and needs. I have to think now. Zimmer must be planning to build the ultimate D over time. Individual talent is one thing, but individual talent trained and sharpened to a fine point and working as a team will char- will change everything. School, Mark from Iowa. Great thoughts there. Leland says, wow. Glad to see He is staying with the Vikes in a mentor role. It definitely, it does definitely create one more roster spot. And it did. And that was Holden Hill. And Holden Hill looks good. And uh, Holden Hill will play some special teams. I do believe Rock Thomas will as well as we head into that. Debbie Nichols uh, has the uh, hearts and the eyes. So she must love uh, Terrence Newman, I believe. (laughs) And here comes the cut downs and everything. The final cuts, the depth charts and all that. So, yes, we talked about Fred Zamberletti. Uh, Gerald Strings says, R.A.P., rest in peace, Fred. Prayers to your family, and thank you, Gerald, for that. Oh, boy. Practice squad. Okay. Yes. we already talked about the cuts. So, leave that as is. We're going to go up to this. Yeah, 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 let's go into the... Oh, yeah, Uh, I already did read that. So, yes, Rock Thomas did make the team. That's the good part. He does not have to go to the practice squad or anything rock thomas i did talk about this in the previous uh couple segments here the first segment was more of like see i think rock thomas is the jarek mckinnon of the future for the vikings he's going to get very limited action this year but he will see some i do think he'll be on special teams don't be surprised if he's on some kick returns as well i think rock thomas is the little jukiness that he has could be valuable there uh he's got more straight line speed where i think mike boone is more of a power guy i think mike boone is ultimately the next uh Latavius Murray, where Rock Thomas could change things up a bit. Um, Both Murray and Mike Boone are capable of receiving, though. Uh, Boone is a bit faster than Murray. I think longer term, he'll be a better player, but Murray's experience and overall ability. Murray's more established, and he deserves to be in the NFL, without a doubt. So Vikings in no hurry to cut Murray. He's also not the most expensive guy either. But um, with age, age age is what it is. Murray's not that old, but he's not that young either. Uh, Thomas and Mike Boone will probably be the... uh, earth, wind, and fire bit that you'll see with uh, Mr. Delvin Cook coming up. Maybe Delvin Cook is earth uh, earth. I don't know. (laughs) I have no idea. It'll be kind of a back and forth. Uh, Fire could be Rock Thomas. Cook could be Boone. Uh, Earth will be Boone. Cook will be wind. Cook will be wind and fire will be Rock Thomas. That's my guess. Something like that. But of course better versions of all of the above i think uh, for the most part there's some decent interesting players in that club so let's look at the practice squad eh it looks like the vikings are leaving one of the spots open for something something in case there is a uh, some kind of a surprise move uh, available popping up somewhere here so ultimately the guys that were brought in wide receiver jeff budette per chris thomason Chad Beebe, per Darren Wolfson. Chad Beebe, so he is indeed remaining on the practice squad, so yeah, any type of disappointments from Treadwell, or maybe that uh, Zilstra is not what people wanted, he's, you know, that could be Chad Beebe moving out. Maybe Zilstra goes to the practice squad. Uh, Richard Clayett, that's number 43. He was the linebacker there. Ultimately, I do think that number will go to Georgia Loca. Rashard Clayett, though, will be on the practice squad. Curtis Cothred, defensive tackle. Linebacker, Garrett Dooley. Center, Cornelius Edison. Cornelius Edison. Guard, Colby Gossett. Six-round pick this year. So a six-round pick cut, but we did keep him on the practice squad. So kind of like Billy Weavers, Willie Beavers. (sighs) Yeah, that didn't work out too good. Jack Tocho. Jack Tocho. Okay, first Storm Norton. Storm. He's storming in the offensive tackle. Storm Norton. Basically, every one of these guys was on the team before the cutdown. So we didn't pluck anybody off somebody else's roster. And a weird thing here. Uh, punters, the punter change. The Vikings have also claimed punter Matt Weil from the, off of waivers from the Pittsburgh Steelers. And what Ryan Quigley's on his way out. Which I don't know, man. What's the deal with that? That's kind of weird. Uh, it's kind of weird. Uh, okay. I guess. Woohoo. <laughs> let's look at his numbers. Are, are you ready for his numbers? Uh, Matt Weil. Um, Gerald Spring would say, yeah, weird. Yes, it is weird. Well, he's played in four games. Four games. 2016 with Arizona. Three games. One with the Falcons, and he was on the Steelers roster in the in the uh, preseason. Four games. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, net average of 43 yards, only 37.5 in the three games with 10 punts with the Cardinals, two punts with the Falcons, so you cut, but they were both, wow, pretty boomers there, uh, over 50 yards, but, okay, uh, how, how, how many punts has he done? 12, 12 punts, and they were both in 2006, they were all in all at 2016, 26 years of age, he was on the Steelers roster and didn't play, um, <laughs> okay uh, I guess I guess we got uh, what's his name again Matt Weil uh, I'm confused a little bit but um, God bless he's now on the Vikings now it's purple it was showing Steelers before four games four games <laughs> was Ryan Quigley that terrible no So what are we doing? Um, But good luck, Matt Weil. Hopefully he's good, and God bless you. God bless you. Uh, 2018 preview out there, and Gerald Spring says, can't wait. Debbie Nickel is uh, pointing. Yep, that's cool. Debbie Nickel pointing with that, Uh uh-huh, like ready to rock and roll. So thank you very much. Glad to hear you're uh, approving the the show. Vince Germano says, go Browns. That's out of uh, (laughs) Melbourne, Australia. In the Victoria Providence. Oh gosh, you're awesome. I think that's it. Yes, it is. That is it. So thanks uh, again for joining the show, guys. Let's pass out the the stars here before I make that mistake. That would be kind of mean. Gold star, Leland Albertson. You're yep. This is your this is your week, boy. Gold star for sure. Definitely deserved. Uh, this is not just a charity. Like oh, you know, it's Leland's turn. Yeah, no, Leland earned it. This is a hundred percent earned gold star, like Leland. Well done. Well done, Leland out of Iowa, a dominant gold star this week, lots of good thoughts from all of you though, Gerald String, Mark Carlson, Mad Martin, Sam Gupta, you guys are the best, um, it's going to be tough to give out more stars, but Leland's got to get the gold by himself, he's not going to share it, he's got the gold, he's earned it, it's his, damn it, stop trying to steal it from him, okay, I'm just kidding, I'm kidding, any of you want to steal anything, it's up to you, but no, (laughs) everything's well deserved, um, Silver stars are gonna give. I'm gonna give two to uh, two out to the Twitter boys out there. Man, Martin and Sam Gopter are gonna get the silver stars. Um, bronze star. Jeez, um, I always love the interaction with Brett McCarthy, guys like that. I could give it to McCarthy and uh, Dave Hickey this week. Gerald String also is gonna ring in a, a, a bronze star. So very giving. Obviously, Mark Carlson could get a star every week. String Gerald String could give a star every week. I can't give it to the same people all the time. There's that too. But again, because a lot of you you're like right there, neck and neck and all that. Uh, you guys are just the best. Thank you always. Brent Jacobs is always a star type of guy. I mean all of you are really. Um, appreciate uh, Debbie Nickel coming in. very cool, awesome thoughts. Uh, Dave Vicky always bringing in some interesting conversation back and forth. putting a, a good thought towards uh, Brent Jacobson there about the Saints. He definitely deserves a star as well. Um, but uh, thanks again guys for the conversation. And, well, it's been a long, long, long episode. Season preview. They're never short. i got to get out of here. I've been rambling too long. So i got to give you guys a break for me. So we'll be back for some regular season football very, very soon. Uh, I'll give out the the phone line. I'm not sure it's still around. I'm kind of worried about that. I'd rather we just... Uh, maybe Dylan still has it. I'll still give it out. 209-736-7877. 209 209-736. 736 Seven eight seven, 7, 7. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling into Purple Mafia. Do your steering and shout out, comment, question, and opine. It's a three-minute limit on that one, so be careful. Uh, you're always welcome to call in. Otherwise, I think the better route to go, though, now, because I'm not sure how much longer that line's going to exist. I think TSS is done and dusted, and I think I'm kind of on my own now. Paladino Live Network, we can call it. <laughs> and I will just have you do audio submissions from now on. That's simpler. Easier for everybody, I think. Easier for everybody, and there's no limit. So, it's just wide open for you. Uh, as long as you don't go for a half hour or something, and I don't think you'd even want to, the file would be too big. You just uh, take that, and... Sheesh, what's going on out there? Somebody letting out a... Sheesh, smashing stuff sounds like a dangerous place here in Golden Valley, Minnesota. Dangerous. Yeah, not really. Uh, what was I even talking about? Audio submissions. Use the free voice uh, recording application on any smart device on the planet. Just treat it like a phone call, keep it to about five minutes or so. and if you have a whole lot to say, you're free to keep going a little longer. just be careful. don't go too long. the file will be a little too big. <laughs> um, but when you're all done, save it and email it to Paladino live at yahoo.com Paladino live at yahoo.com which is becoming more and more of an appropriate uh, email because it's Paladino Live Network now I guess. just email it there and I will put it here in the uh, third segment to lead things off the fan interaction. So, other than that, pretty much, that's it. I mean, the phone line, the email, Facebook and Twitter, everything is in the show description. Thanks again, guys. God bless. Enjoy the NFL season. I'm back. We're all back. And hopefully the drought is over. Damn it. Let's end it. End the drought. End the drought. End the drought. Yes. Just like the Philadelphia Eagles could say last year. They ended the drought. Let's end ours. And let's end this show with that thought.